Welcome to Family Financial Views from University of Illinois Extension. Hi, this is Kathy Sweedler, and I am excited about our podcast topic today, Scythe on Travel. And I'm here with my colleague, Kamaya. Hi, everyone. Welcome. My name is Kamaya Wallace-Bichard. And just like Kathy said, we are so excited. We're going to be talking about some ways that you can save on travel. And, you know, Kathy and I, as educators, there are lots of tips we know that you have that you can Google on how to save on travel, looking at different opportunities as you travel. But for us, when we think about how people can save on travel, we incorporate lots of research and we also focus on strategies that we think might work well for you your family and strategies that you can explore to see what will work for you. So when it comes to like creating like different types of goals, you know, we often think of like big ticket items, like saving for a down payment on a house, thinking of like our retirement or education. But when it comes to saving for fun, things like travel, that can sometimes get pushed to the side because for a lot of us, we have other things that are going on in our lives, more important goals and things where we have to make adjustments. But we know that when it comes to travel, it provides wonderful opportunities for us. So this is kind of what why we're focusing a little bit more on, you know, what are some ways that we can think about how we travel and how we can save on like our travel expenses. So in this episode, we are going to be focusing more on that piece. We're going to be talking about how we plan and how we save for like your next adventure. And we're also going to talk about how we make decisions as a family. So we always have to include this family feud angle in how we talk about all the different topics that we focus on on here. So we're going to be focusing on that. And we're also be talking about how we organize and save for like a trip. And we're going to look at some of the benefits and some of the research that talks about, you know, motivations for travel and what are some of the benefits of traveling. I think one of the things too that that I love about travel, and this may or may not work for all partners, but it gives me a chance to reconnect with my partner. My husband and I kind of go, go, go. And when we're at home, there's just always so many things to do. And this is a place where we can be more focused on just being ourselves and being with each other. And we need that. We have to like get, Mm -hmm. we can't really have a staycation. It doesn't work for us (laughs) because we do other stuff. We don't spend time together as much. So we have to leave to have a real vacation. I absolutely agree. And you're just in a different mode too. You know, it doesn't matter where you go. If you go on a camping trip or you go somewhere overseas, you are in like a different mode when you kind of just like leave your area and go out and do something. Now, when we talk about travel, I always have to highlight the fact that travel means different things to everyone or different things to different people. So for traveling out of town, out of state, or even out of the country, that might not be a goal for other people who have just different life situations and comfort levels. And so when it comes to like the travel piece for us, we want to acknowledge that we want to focus on that. But for Kathy and I, we love talking about travel. We love to travel and try to find like opportunities for travel. So So like my first question to Kathy is, you know, what does travel kind of mean to you? Well, I think it's meant different things over my lifespan, right? But a lot of it's been about, well, a little bit of an adventure, doing something different, seeing something different. But a lot of it has been really creating that space to connect with family and extended family and and friends, because it really does force you to like put down your work or Mm -hmm. put down your household chores and do something else. And, you know, there's been many a trip that I've planned where nobody has access to wireless. So... (laughs) 
<laughs> that we really, you know, people disconnect mm -hmm. and we're out of range mm -hmm. and that gives us that opportunity. So to me, travel is a lot about having that opportunity. And then when I have had the chance to go overseas, it really gives me a chance to see how different cultures around the world mm -hmm. do things. And actually, probably because I kind of do focus on money stuff, yeah. made me rethink some of my priorities or what I'm doing with my money when I see how people in other places choose to spend their money. So that's always been an interesting part for me. For me as well, too. When I think about travel is like discovering like new experiences and new passions and finding things that, you know, you would not necessarily experience if you did not go on that trip. And so what travel means to me is very similar to what Kathy said. So it's finding like those opportunities to take a break, to spend time with the people and things that you care about, things that matter to you. And, you know, going back to the fact that travel does mean different things to everyone. And for me, it could be, you know, going down south southern illinois for a camping trip or flying somewhere overseas for like a 10-day trip that we had planned for a while what it means to me is just like spending that quality time or finding that opportunity to do things and you know take a break from like the day-to-day -day and just have some time just to focus on a little bit more on my wellness and where i would like to be in terms of like my overall health and that's a focus for me as well too when i think about travel that all makes sense to me. I'm always impressed with that. I get so many more steps in when I'm traveling than when mm -hmm. I'm at home. It just, you know, and having a chance to do those walking and hiking things, which I like to do. And of course, just like you said, everybody likes different things. So right. for people listening, maybe you're thinking, oh, travel is just stressful for me. I don't actually mm -hmm. like doing those things that are out of my norm. That's fine. We're not saying this is for everybody. Mm -hmm. It just so happens that we both love to travel. But I think as we talk through this, we talk through some of the benefits of travel and then also so some ways to make it work within a family. If traveling away doesn't sound good to you, no, maybe think about it as a staycation. Like what could you do that didn't involve you getting out of your comfort zone, right. but yet would give you some of the benefits mm -hmm. of downtime. So maybe that would be a way to translate this for yourself. Yes, I really like how you summarize that, Kathy. So as we're going to move into talking about like some of the family financial feud aspect, you know, I love listening to Kathy all the time telling me about some of her travel experiences. And so for this one, I asked her to just share an experience, like a travel experience where things either went well or just went off the rails. So at first, all I could think of was ones that went really well. And I will say that one of the things that has been surprising to me, because we've always traveled with our children, is that when they got kind of into those teenage years where you're kind of like, do I really want to be with you for, you know, eight <laughs> hours? Then we found that adding in their grandparents to the trips actually was a oh. wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. It really kind of made smoothed out some of that angst between generations and mm -hmm. we all could interact nicely. So that was the plus. But then it did make me think about a trip where things kind of went crazy. And you have to understand this was before internet and before cell phones. All right. So we had flown back. We've been in Hawaii over the holidays and we had flown back to California, LAX, and we thought we were renting a car so we could drive up to the coast to see my parents. When we got there, it was really late and there were no cars to be had. And we were hanging out in this car rental place, trying to figure this all out. And there were rats 
running around the counters. And oh. so I was so grossed out. <laughs> Plus we had three little guys that were like eight and under. And so, so there was a lot of stress. Let's just say that. Yes, stress right? going on. Oh my goodness. And then we decided to stay at a hotel and we had to, at that point, because, and this was another family stressor, we had a lot of luggage, which really stressed my husband. I just felt like I had taken what we needed. Mm-hmm. But now we couldn't all get in one taxi because there were five of us and there was a lot of luggage. So we had to go into two different taxis to get to this hotel. And I just remember thinking, what if we don't end up at the same hotel? How will we ever find each other? Because it's 1 a.m. and we have no cell phones oh or anything God. like that. So that was a pretty stressful moment. I've not really ever forgotten did, about that. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> The rats, that gets me. Oh my but, gosh. But it all worked out. We found a car the next day and mm-hmm. just got a little bit behind. So it kind of comes back to that, like staying flexible, having, you know, some alternative plans. But it's also a good example, really, of like, it did cost us a little more because yeah. nobody helped us pay for that extra night in the hotel or the taxis. So mm-hmm. when you're planning a trip, it can be good just to have a little leeway in your budget, I think. I think that is, of course, excellent advice. And, you know, with Kathy's example, it just kind of leads into what are some of the discussions that people usually have in their households about traveling and when they're trying to put together a trip. And so this is where that family financial feud might come in. So Kathy mentioned packing like too much luggage. And that is like always been an issue in my household as well, too. And that might be at the low end of the totem pole for you right now, but packing too much or what one person in the household might consider too much because you do if you're traveling by plane of course you'll need to pay for those luggages and if you are traveling by vehicle it is taking up space in that vehicle right and so this is also a point of discussion in my household but some of like what I think of the bigger feuds. So whether you're planning a trip to like your favorite theme park or you're thinking of doing a cruise around the Caribbean, you know, there are a lot of different factors that people consider when they're trying to make a decision about what trip they'll take and how they will take that trip. So decisions about, you know, spending money on travel when there's other things that you could be spending money on. That is also an important thing to consider. Uh, You know, you might have one family member that's thinking, you know, I think it's time for us. You know, the kids might be out of school or we have this time. Let's use this time to do something fun. And then the other partner might be thinking, but we need to fix our roof, right? We are putting money together for that. So do we want to take money out of something that we want to put towards, you know, something that's going to have a different benefit for us? I also see different things relating to trying to even pick like a destination and what the budget is going to be for that destination. So deciding like how and where you're going to be traveling. And these are big deals. And I think communication can go a long ways to helping keeping that family feud down to, you know, a discussion rather than a blow up on the trip because somebody kind of just went along with the plan, but felt uncomfortable with it. And so I think, you know, it's, it's important to have these kinds of conversations Mm -hmm. about how much do we want to spend? Does this make sense now? Mm -hmm. Are there ways that we could do something similar that would cost less, you know, Mm -hmm. for our family camp 
camping has always been an option, which, you know, can be less money than staying in a fancy hotel. Mm. But I know other people, you know, if it doesn't have a bathroom connected to their room, <laughs> it's not happening. Right. right? So, mm-hmm. and that's legitimate, right? But you need mm-hmm. to know what those boundaries are. You know, what's the point that's not going to make it? The same thing, you could look at how many meals you're eating out. Sometimes that's a really good way, especially if you, you have traveling with children to save some costs. I think, you know, how many times did I sit in a hotel room or a hotel restaurant or something and see them say, well, I just want a bowl of cereal and milk. And I'm like, but this is like a $10 meal. So like, would you like more now? (laughs) So you eat less later, which we all know doesn't work with children. Mm -hmm. So You know, I think that's where we started, you know, eating meals in the room more just so that we wouldn't be paying for these breakfasts that I was like, oh my goodness. Yes. With that, you know, tailoring your trip so that it works for you, for your family situation and not feeling pressured by others or the beautiful images that we see on social media of these lovely destination places. They're great. And maybe someday, um, you know, saving towards like a goal like that. But if you're in a situation right now with your your family, your household, and you're figuring out, you know, what is going to work well for you, I'm just making sure that you are creating that trip that's going to work well for your budget. Which really comes back to like knowing your goals for the trip, right? What you're trying to get out of it. Mm -hmm. Because if you're really looking for a relaxing, luxurious um, trip with your partner, maybe you don't want your children along. You know, maybe you could find somebody that'll (laughs) take care of them and you could take care of their kids later because it's different, right? It's just different. It is very different. And this just leads me into like the top motivations for travel. There are lots of different reasons why people travel and information that came out of the U.S. Travel Association listed like the top reasons why people travel. And at the top of the list is people trying to avoid burnout at work and, you know, making sure that they do take that time away and spend time with the things and the people that matter to them so that when they come back, they're rejuvenated. And of course, they can continue to like enjoy their work, but making sure that they're incorporating like those personal times in their lives to spend time away from work. Like the second like top motivation is family and friends are asking you to come along for a trip. Those are like most of my trips. You know, lots of times where, you know, family are like, well, we want to go to this destination or we want to do something special here. Lots of times it's just they they kind of wrote me into it. And for me, it's a lot more fun because I get to have more people around sometimes and I get to do like different things with different family members at different times and taking time for me and my partner when we need those times. So lots of different motivation for, you know, trying to get like that time away and traveling. So the others that they listed include it's a holiday, you know, it's summer break right now. Lots of kids are out of school and parents try to curate the time that they have with them to do like summer trips. There's also, of course, with like for our teachers, we hope all our teachers take a a nice vacation break um, and get some time to themselves before they go back to to school. I think our teachers all need like a super break this year. (laughs) they do. (laughs) Absolutely. And then for some of the other motivations, you know, you find maybe travel discounts with like airlines line or car rental or wanting to check things off your bucket list. And for some people, you know, it's not necessarily that they want to go overseas for like lots of different trips, but there might be a very special place that they've had on their list for a very long time. And they want to, you know, put money towards that and save it because it's been like a lifelong goal to do that. Interesting, like such a, you know, interesting list, because I think some of those things have been motivations for me and other ones I'm like, 
I don't really think that's a motivator. For me. <laughs> but we like to travel, so we always have something kind of planned out. So yeah, and that's so true. And the list that they provide, you know, for you, like just dependent on your life it might not be like for avoiding burnouts what they noticed were differences among generations so they noticed like some generational differences as well too they found that baby boomers and gen xers their top motivation for travel was trying to avoid like that burnout piece but for millennials they went on a lot of trips because friends and family asked them to go and so there's a, just like generational differences or situational differences too that kind of motivate people to travel and that just makes sense when you think about it. Yeah. That's really interesting because I think I'm definitely on that avoid burnout and <laughs> the spectrum. So when we talk about travel and we have some background information as well too, just based on information from the Pew Research Center that shows who are the people that are traveling. Um, when they look at folks in America, just looking to see like on the data of who actually travels and where do people travel? And they found that most Americans have been out of the country at least once. And I don't know if that's surprising to some people, but when I was reading through this, I started to think about like for opportunities that people might have to travel outside of the country. So whether it is, you know, for vacation, study abroad, maybe in the military, other opportunities, we have lots of immigrant families as well too. So other opportunities to travel outside of the country. But I looked at this and I was like, this is very, very interesting. And I, of course, we have to mention this piece, but they also break down the fact that, you know, with travel opportunities, there are also inequalities for lots of different people in the U.S. And so even though this number looks great to say, oh, yeah, people are actually traveling. We do know that based on like income level, when they look at race as well, educational background, they found that for people who are higher income, more college educated, that they do travel more outside of the country. And so they, they look at some of like that differences as well, too, in terms of who is traveling and how often do people actually travel? They found that, for example, with like women, when they look at the data from women versus men, they found that, you know, men are more likely to travel outside of the country and men are more likely to travel to um, more countries than women are. They also look to see uh, just like race. So looking at like different data in terms of when they're looking at like those demographic pieces. So I think when it comes to like the save on travel piece too, with us as educators, we try to bring in these demographic information just to show that there are differences in terms of people who travel. And I know, you know, with two years of the pandemic, the numbers look very different right now than they did in like 2019. And so, yeah, this research or this data just shows a little bit more information for us as we talk about, you know, save on travel and just understand a little bit more about who travels. I'd be really curious to take a look at like how this might have changed over time, like mm -hmm. decades, whether, but maybe it hasn't. I don't know. I was one of those people who was surprised at the percentage of people who traveled overseas or abroad, I guess yeah. is really out of the country, but yay. Yeah. Lots of travel happening. <laughs> and, you know, with this data too, there's also information on, you know, are people actually taking like that time off to travel? So there's information on like paid time off trends in the United States. And they look at this information that focuses a lot on 
you know, are people taking like their vacation time? If you have PTO, if you have paid time off, are you taking that vacation time? And so the U.S. Travel Association does look a little bit closely on that. And they have data from 2018 that shows that, you know, a lot of us are not really using like a lot of vacation time. And they found that more than half of American households might set aside some time for that paid vacation time. So that PTO, but lots of times there are lots of households that are not using that time. And they emphasize that when people plan for like their pay time off, they're more likely to take those vacation times. So when they plan ahead, so when they make like those preparations and plan ahead, that can help. And so we will talk about how we can help you to plan ahead for your vacation time. Yeah, let's look at this one a little bit because I feel like this is really important. I know we're talking about travel right now mm-hmm. and taking, you know, maybe blocks of time off. Yeah. And, you know, I think you have some information too about how taking time off can help with self-care. Mm-hmm. And so let's dig into that a little bit because okay. I think yeah. it fits in well here. I think it does too. So when we think about like the benefits of travel and the benefits of time off, there are researchers who have focused a lot on what does this mean for a employees' health and wellness. There's research by DeBloom and and colleagues that looked at the after effects of vacation on like employees' health and wellness. And so they focus on the role of vacation activities, experiences, and sleep. Yes, sleep is so important in terms of like how people take their time off and what value do they get from it before they come back to work. Now, with their research, the research analysis had like more comprehensive pieces that I will be sharing here. But what they found was that health and wellness increased during longer vacation stays. And so they found that for employees, they saw improvements in like their health and wellness after the start of vacation. And that kind of peaked on like the eighth day. And, you know, Kathy and I were having conversations just earlier too, that lots of times we take like these long weekends, vacations, you know, just opportunities that we might get, but it might not be a long vacation that we are taking all the time. So what these researchers are showing is that for like the longer vacation, it gives you more time to get in that mode. So think about your experiences, right? So you're going somewhere, you know, day one, day two, your mind might be on things at home, might be on emails that you didn't send or that you wanted to send. So other things that your mind might be on that you're not fully in vacation mode as yet. So they're explaining that, you know, when you spend a little bit more time on vacation, um, that can help you to get to that place where you want to be. So whether it is doing activities, whether it's sleeping or just relaxing, the more time you have, the better that outcome will be for you. But they also mentioned too that even with that, when people do have like the freedom to plan their trips and make the trip what they want it to be, then they will see an increase in health and wellness. When you have that autonomy to make the choice in what you want to do, for some people, it might be, you know, wanting to do a multiple activities, but sometimes it's just wanting to relax for a few days or a couple of days before you actually do anything. So make the trip yours and you might see better benefits on that trip. So I think that is a really important point. This like you need to plan it so it works for you, not because somebody else says this is Mm -hmm. what you should do on a vacation. But I think going back to that, like I'm just still shocked. 50% of people (laughs) or more not using all their paid time off. To me that as a family economist, that's like throwing money away. One Mm -hmm. of your perks, one of your job benefits is this paid time off. And it's kind of like somebody handed you money, but in the form of a resource of time and you just Mm -hmm. threw it away. You didn't utilize. It. And so what a loss. Yes, what a huge a loss. Big loss. 
So, you know, one thing too, is I often feel myself and hear from others, we don't have time to do things that need to be done around our households, whether it's take a deeper dive into our insurance plans to see if they still fit well, or to look at other financial things that home improvements mm-hmm. that need to be done to maintain our homes. So if you're not a person that is always planning trips and you're running out of paid time off, then I would almost suggest like, what about, and I have done this at times in my life was just a little too crazy, you know, putting on your calendar once a month, a day off where your plan is to take care of other home financial things that need to be done that are hard to fit into that hour here or late at night Mm -hmm. timeframe. And that in itself will pay benefits to you. It'll pay back in different ways. So just throwing that out there as an idea. Yeah, I love that idea. Because I think for even myself, like within our households, just going back to like the family fuse piece, like how are we making decisions about this? And it's hard when we feel like it's hard to take that time off, plus trying to relax, plus get everything done that we need to get done. And so I love that you share that. I think that is a great strategy. So everyone listening, make sure you write that down. That's, I think that's an excellent strategy to explore. And you know, the numbers that we got from the U.S. Travelers Association, they focused on a couple of years. So this was pre-pandemic. So they have data, I know, from 2017, 2018, 2019. And that number has changed. So there's numbers that says, you know, 55%. Then there's numbers that says it is around 46%. But that has changed over time. It's a significant number of people who are not using like their paid time off. And we know that health and wellness piece is an important benefit of taking like that time off. There are some other benefits, of course, too, with relaxation and reducing stress. I try to practice mindfulness a lot in my day-to-day lives, but when I'm on vacation, oh, I am so mindful. I'm just, I'm so in like that mindfulness mode. Other benefits, of course, for a lot of us is making memories from these experiences with the people that we care about and spending time with them. And I know for some parents is seeing like the excitement that experiences have on your kids, like, you know, how excited they are to try these different things or, or get involved in like new things. And then a big one for me personally is, you know, looking at, you know, spending time with like extended family. So Kathy had mentioned earlier too about spending time with like grandparents. And I do love that. I love spending time with like my parents and then the kids get to spend time with their grandparents as well too. So lots of great benefits of that time off piece. You know, there's lots of information now on, you know, how we practice self-care. So when we're talking about like the benefits of travel, how we practice self-care, it just depends on where we are and what our goals are. But traveling or taking like that time off, if you consider that part of like your self-care routine, then think about how you would like that done and how that will look like for you. So now as we're moving on from like the benefits, we want to just focus a little bit more on what are some techniques that you can use to save on travel. And Kathy and I have created a wonderful webinar that focuses on how to save on travel. And we have taken information from that webinar and additional information just to give you some tips that we think will be very useful for you as we think about like what some of the ways that you can save on travel. 
Yeah, and thinking about that, I will say, I think we've kind of shifted, you know, what we've been talking about here are some things that we didn't talk about in the webinar. So I don't want you to get the sense that it's just going to be duplicative. Um, it really focuses a little bit more on those, like how to set up a budget, how to save on travel tips. And you can find that at go.illinois.edu backslash save on travel, like all one word, save on travel. So take a look at that as well. Yes, thank you for sharing that, Kathy. So in that webinar, and of course, we talked a lot about, you know, creating like your savings goals, giving you examples of how you can go ahead and create like those goals that are going to work for you based on like your budget and how much you can contribute each week or each month. So kind of like that step-by-step process that, of course, we won't go over on the podcast with you, but we wanted to share that resource as well, too. We know that when we save on travel, there are lots of different things that we can do to help our travel budget. There are lots of other things that we can do to save on travel, whether that is deciding if we want to use like budgeting or money saving apps, that's going to help us to decide on, you know, what activities we would like to do and how much of that activity that we'd like to do. So if you're on, say, for example, a 10 day trip, do you do an excursion all 10 days, right? So deciding, you know, what you would like to prioritize on your trip, a big one, and I know Kathy loved talking about this one because this is a big one when it comes to like eating out on vacation. Think about maybe like stepping down on your spending when it comes to vacation. So say, for example, you may have a bigger meal at lunch than you would at dinner because a lot of times at lunch, it might be a little bit cheaper or deciding that you would like to get groceries, right? So get groceries and eat some of what you've gotten from the grocery store instead of eating out three times a day. So Lots of different ways how you can think about like you might try to reduce the cost of how much you're spending. And I think having a sense, you know, when you're planning your trip, you're going to kind of take a look at those big expenses, which are often like transportation to your destination, um, your hotel or lodging costs. And we have those in our mind. And we, you know, I think people are pretty good at saying, okay, this is going to be this much. But the day-to-day spending is I think where sometimes some stress gets added in because it can add up so quickly in little bits here and there. And so because I have a money personality where I'm a planner and I like to know what's happening. I would always just at the end of the day, jot down everything that we had spent, you know, on food, on souvenirs, get tickets, anything extra really. And that way I could kind of see, okay, wow, we spent a lot today. It was fun. It was great. We spent a lot today. That's okay. (laughs) Tomorrow, maybe we'll just go to, you know, a state park or something and do some walks and we won't take a picnic lunch and we'll kind of make that a low cost day. And so you kind of can smooth it out that way. And if you're a planner, that can make it much more comfortable. You have to know your own money personality style. And it may or not be that all the adults on the trip feel the same way, but then it it gives you a place to talk about. I'm comfortable with this, but I'm feeling a little uncomfortable with that and getting that conversation going so that you don't come home from the trip feeling like, oh, that wasn't the way I wanted it to go. Right. And as we're wrapping up, I would like to share that for americasaves.org, they have great resources on, you know, creating a savings goals for a vacation. They have lots of great tips on, you know, how you book like your vacation, traveling like off season, maybe using like rewards cards, just different opportunities for you to save on travel. So americasaves.org is also another resource for you. There are 
other things that, of course, we would absolutely love for you to consider as you're traveling. And it's like making sure that you are protecting yourself while you travel. Even if you're traveling in-state or overseas, making sure that you are protecting like your travel information um, and you are safeguarding against theft. You know, making sure that you are reviewing like your insurance policy and thinking about whether or not you would like to get travel insurance. We cover that in the webinar. So for more information, we are sending you on to just find out more about that in like the webinar as well. Absolutely. You want to make sure you've got that safety net too, that you've got a little leeway in your budget, because especially it seems like post-COVID travel plans are getting bumped and changed. And so if you plan for it, it won't be so stressful when you have to spend an extra night at a hotel or spend a little bit more someplace that you hadn't anticipated. These things happen when we travel. It's all an adventure. Exactly. And as Kathy mentioned before, planning for like those unexpected costs, that can help a lot. And especially right now, you know, we're still in the pandemic and there might be different adjustments that we have to make on our trips. So making sure that in your costs, you are considering the fact that, okay, what if I need to stay an extra night? So just planning ahead and making sure that you are thinking about like those unexpected. Well, Kathy, it has been a pleasure talking to you about Save on Travel. We've focused on the benefits or motivations for travel and included tips on how you can save on travel. This, again, is one of our favorite topics to cover. And we do hope that if you would like more resources, that you would check out the webinar that we've done on this topic. Well, thank you for hosting this and coming up with this idea because I think it's a great topic and I'm sure all our listeners, it's just getting your mind going about what you could do, where you Mm -hmm. could travel and maybe a few new strategies on managing your expenses and planning out that trip. All right. Save travels, everyone. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Family Financial Views. If you'd like to learn more about the educators, Extension in Illinois, or just personal finance in general, you can check us out on the web at www.retirewell.illinois.edu.